Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe it. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and the Big Apple in New York City, welcome to all out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, from thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 25 audio and video platforms, including... Facebook Live, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, I already said Facebook, SoundCloud, <laughs> Blog Talk Radio, <laughs> and about 25 other more platforms all around the world. And we are so proud. You know why? Because we were voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and the number uh, one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com, as well as number three podcast out of thousands of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Of course we do. Katy Perry. No, I'm sorry. Kathy <laughs> Perry. <laughs> Rubber Band Resilient Caregivers. I've never heard a title like that before, and I love it. Uh, great title for a book. Um, like a rubber band, you see, caregivers are stretched, but that stretch also fills us with energy and we can learn tactics to be rubber band resilient. I love it. But before we get started, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Stephanie Erickson. Her book is called Plan for Aging Well, and it's a great book. And you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 30 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Kathy, welcome to the show, and I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah, and you're good looking too. It's always <laughs> helps to have a guest who's good looking and and is intelligent and has a book and they're just ready to go. So why don't you take a minute or two and just introduce yourself? I like to ask my guests just who is Kathy Perry and why was she put on this earth? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I love that. That's a that is a big question to start. <laughs> yeah. We start, we start big sure, here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure many caregivers, when they're going through what I like to call the stretch, you know, when you, when you first find out you're going to be a caregiver and you're stretched, many ask that same question. Um, so I am, among other things, a speaker, an author, and the mother of four. Um, bonus mom Ooh. to four additional children that yes that's right that makes eight um, but my number four is the one who I'm a caregiver for and her name is Merritt Joy and I believe I was put on this earth to be her voice she does not have a voice uh, she was diagnosed with a mitochondrial dysfunction uh, before her first birthday and given a two-year life expectancy and she is now 19 so the lessons that I have learned, like most caregivers, are just immense and blessings beyond what you can imagine. Her um, her middle name is Joy. When I named name. her Merit Joy, I had absolutely no idea that the lessons that she would bring, uh, the places that she would put me, um, are just filled with joy. So that's a little bit about who Kathy Perry is. 
That is so cool. And um, we, you did write a book, obviously, and that's why we have you on the show. But let's start with the one of the uh, things that you mentioned. Uh, how would you describe or define resilience, and why do caregivers need to stay resilient? Right. So, yes, I have written a book. This is actually my fourth book. So, Whoa. Merit Joy. I'm writing my fourth book, too. What a coincidence. Four is a magic number here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, actually, my very first book took a, a little bit more of a look about the true way that Merit affected me and in my work. And that, that book was called The Ultimate Recipe for an Energetic Life. And I can share more about why she inspired yeah. that. But as far as what is resilience, resilience is our ability to be stretched, as we all are in so many capacities, and be able to gain energy from that stretch and not snap. So I I do call it, I have my big rubber band. Oh, she's got props. (laughs) Props, yes. (laughs) Rubber band resilience because, as I like to say, if this rubber band was not stretched, if we as caregivers were not stretched, we go through our lives like, you know, and not go anywhere, but it's in that stretch. And we've all been stretched so much in the last, you know, six months. And I've talked to mm-hmm. so many um, leaders and in senior care, especially. And when that stretch is happening, we don't realize at the time, but that's where the energy is coming from. So I like to say, you know, if I just did it, like I'll do it now. And this is really fun when I do it in ballrooms with 1500 people, but you know, it, it flies and it's still fun and there's energy in it, but we have to truly resilient people know how to get that energy out of that stretch. So that's why it's important. So when you say stretch, I normally think of the gym and how they say you need to stretch your muscles. Don't, don't bounce, you know, don't pull it too hard. It's a nice slow, and that's great advice for caregivers as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So in your book, The Rubber Band Resilient Leader, <laughs> you talk about three phases of resilience, and can you explain those three? Absolutely. So the first one is the stretch, and that is the reacting phase. That's the first stage of any disruption. What do you do? You react. You're getting all kinds of information. There's a crisis. There's a disruption. That's the stretch. And there's several things that happen in that reacting phase, especially when everything's new and you're dealing with such big emotions. And especially, you know, when caregivers who are listening, when you first found out you're going to have this disruption on your plate in your life. There's so many reactions. There's your reactions. There's the reactions of your family. There's the reactions of the person being affected. And we don't get to dictate how others react. So one of my big first steps in that first phase is understanding reactions, honoring other people's reactions, understanding your own reactions. So that's phase one. Then the second phase, I'm actually written a resilience curve and goes all over the place because resilience isn't easy. Um, the second phase is the reframing stage. And that's when we actually get to look at this thing. And instead of saying, I have to do it, I have to be a caregiver, I have to, we start to say, I get to. Yes. Uh, you heard my reframing language was joy. 
I got joy out of this. And early on, you don't do that. You don't do that first thing. You haven't reframed it yet. Um, there's about 12 different steps I use to help people reframe. And then the final phase is kind of the really cool phase. That's the re-energizing because a rubber band was meant to hold things together, right? So yeah. what? how's this thing going to hold you together? How's this thing going to be this really, this glue of resilience? So what happens in that re, re-energizing? And, and good stuff happens there. Yeah. So where does your experience come from? You're a caregiver? Oh, well, I'm a care. Yes, for my daughter, 19 years. Um, and besides that, I do have three other children, and I've watched my. <laughs> my yeah, all children uh, require caregiving, don't the they? The other children yeah. require care, yes. And then I was blessed in my life eight years ago to take on four other bonus children. So we just we ooze kids. We ooze eight children. Eight is enough, I guess. <laughs> you must love it. <laughs> But Mary Joy does require 24-7 care. I do have some help during the day. But, um, you know, just like most caregivers listening, there is that drain. And um, that's something that's you can't overlook. But that drain can wear you out. And that's what I really try to help people with in this resilience. So are you as busy as Amy uh, Comey Barrett? <laughs> uh, she's got seven children, and she's a, a judge, and I think That's her husband's right. a judge. And That's right. I don't know how she does it, actually. I don't, yeah, know I don't do either. <laughs> well, I am blessed. Most of my children, they range in age from 26 down to 16. So, okay. Oh, except okay. for well, Mary Joy. Yeah, that helps. Do they help, helps. they help out? Yeah, well, those that are around occasionally help out, yes. Okay. We're, we're dwindling in numbers. We're dwindling, so, mm. yeah. Becoming well, it's an hardly empty, an empty, empty nest. nest. Yeah. Not yet. Not, Not empty yet. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if it looks like I'm distracted. I'm trying to get the Facebook Live uh, running perfectly up here. Um, so since you are a caregiver, you should know all the answers to how caregivers cannot burn out and all of that stuff. So uh, how can caregivers manage their reactions and their overreactions um, because as you probably know, as I know, as Adrian knows, reactions get us into trouble. They always say, don't react. <laughs> Just try to what? You fill in the blank. Okay. Well, I'll give you kind of a three-phase approach to reactions. Okay. Reactions are emotional at heart. And I like to tell the story. The First night I got the news about my daughter after test, after test, after test, when finally the doctors came back and said, the best we can hope for is two years. Um, I ate pizza and drank wine and called everyone I knew. <laughs> so yeah. that is an emotional reaction. I was feeding my soul. What could I give it? You know, that's, that's the in the moment place. And I'm guessing that so many caregivers listening and have had that emotional response. And I like to say you have to honor that. You have to honor that you're in a spot where you don't uh -huh. have the answers, but you can't live in that spot. The second phase is everyone around you will be having reactions as well. And you might not understand their reactions, but mm -hmm. you're going to have to honor them because you can't tell them what their emotion is. And that's where we get into trouble early on when having these big reactions. We expect people to understand ours. We expect to understand them. So that leads into kind of the point you just touched on. 
don't have a reaction. That's not really what we should do, but what we need to do is have a controlled response. And that's so hard. It's like a controlled fire, right? Fire is bad. You don't want to set a forest (laughs) fire on fire, but controlled burns are very helpful. So controlled response. Talk about that. Right. So I'm going to give an example of something that happened um, since we're on Facebook Live. um, (laughs) Something that happened to Facebook a few years ago, they kind of got caught in, you know, a situation where they probably should have had a reaction. They were some information was, you know, people signed up and some information may have been out there and they took an amazing approach. They did not respond. And that actually became the news. It's like Facebook isn't responding. Facebook isn't mm-hmm. responding. And then they sent their COO, Cheryl Sandberg, out after five days. And her quote was, <laughs> we were trying to get to the bottom of it. We didn't want to give the wrong information. Mm-hmm. And I honored that because they took a controlled response. And I like to say, in this day and age, we don't respect the pause enough. We want right. instant information. We want instant <laughs> reaction. We've, you know, it's on Twitter. It's on the instant. And I like to say, pauses have power. I, I can't help laughing. I don't like to get political, but uh, Joe Biden is doing just that. So he must be a very wise uh, person <laughs> to take a four-day pause, don't you think? <laughs> take a pause. Take a pause. Oh. But even if we just, if we stop talking right now, and I do, you know, when I speak, I do, I just stop talking. People get uncomfortable and they start, why isn't she talking? What's up? We're just not oh. used to that. But when Especially we're Especially on that, the radio, dead air is like, dead air. Oh, That's don't like, do that. Exactly. No good. <laughs> But it has power, right? People be like, what's up? What's wrong? So just understanding. And that's that's a very that's a sign of high emotional intelligence if you're able to pause a bit. But there's some caveats to that, too. You have to ask for permission if someone needs a response. You're going to have to ask, say, would it be okay if I responded to you? when I'm not so emotional or what can I circle back to you in an hour mm-hmm. or two? I just can't react to that right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I speak on stages all over the place and uh, the most powerful thing I can do on a stage is just shut up for about five seconds, the pause, because yeah. everyone starts feeling a little uncomfortable. <gasps> is he okay? Is he happy? Why is he pausing? <laughs> but you've, you've just gotten their attention. Even the people who are like not paying attention and, and are whispering to each other, all of a sudden you have their attention. And all of a sudden you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> and so if it works in front of an audience, why wouldn't it work in front of our day-to-day, normal, person-to-person, face-to-face communications, right? Right, yeah. It is powerful. So then that reacting phase it's okay to ask for permission. So from a care, caregiving angle, if, you know, someone's digging at you, they, they want a response <laughs> from you, you know, the doctors want this or, you know, it, somebody needs this information, just say, I need a little time. That's perfectly okay. Great advice for a politician. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so did you ever feel, you used the rubber band analogy, I'm going to keep it going here. Did you ever feel so stretched as a caregiver that that thing was about to snap? You know, I've, I'll grab rubber bands when I'm counting money and stuff like that, and I go to put it on there, 
And the stupid thing, I mean, they have a very short life. They get rotten. Yes. And they yes. snap and, you know, hit you in the eye. And I hate when that happens. Absolutely. So, uh, because Absolutely. when when you snap, you not only could hurt you, you could hurt others, right? Absolutely. So, yes, in that reframing stage, that's what we don't want to happen. And, yes, I almost snapped. And um, I talk about this often as, as you know, many caregivers are faced with this. I did not realize that having a special needs daughter would have an effect on my marriage. And yeah. so my marriage of 23 years, you know, Every dissolved. Girl. And I was I was absolutely shocked by it. I really I was in one of those positions where I I was shocked, but not to say too much about it, but it probably got back to that reaction phase. We did not react the same to the situation. Yeah. That said, I made it through however many years. She was probably about uh, 12, 15 years old at the time this was going on. I'd never sought out professional therapy, and mm. I got to the point where I thought I was yeah. going to snap. It's like I had four school-aged children, a special needs daughter I was caring for all the time, and my marriage was ending. So, yes, I sought out professional help, and I tell everyone, when you get to that point where you think you might snap, and snapping might look different to different people. It could take the form of depression. It could take the form of anxiety. Uh, you could be lashing out to other family members, living in anger, Whatever that looks like, you know, the, the stigma is gone in this country. Go get yourself some help. There are ninja <laughs> tricks out there. There are yes. therapists who know how to talk you down. It's, you know, I spent three years doing that and probably the best self-help I ever had. And uh, I, I still honor that process and encourage anyone to do the same. Wow. You know, and another word for snapping is burnout, right? Yeah. Some people get burned out, fried to a crisp, and I I always say, you know, like my phone, I'll see it on 20%. That's when it starts telling me to start charging. I say, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Next thing I know, it's like 1% on a very important phone call, Danger Will Robinson, and, and, and I'm the caregiver's caregiver, and even I can't do it. So is there hope for us? Absolutely. <laughs> we can absolutely. learn, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So... Yeah, I call that the third phase of of the resilience curve, which is re-energizing. When you get to that point where you are low, it's time to start paying attention to that. And um, fortunately, my daughter taught me a whole mm -hmm. lot about that because um, her disease is the disease of no energy. If anyone is familiar with the mitochondrial dysfunction, it's the disease of no energy. So when she was six, eight months old, she's sleeping 20 hours a day. And oh mm. yeah, um, so her cells did not turn food into energy properly. Mm. And that's why it was so, I remember the doctors at first said, well, let's hope something's wrong with her brain. And I'm like, wait, why would you say that? And they said, well, mm. we're starting to think something's wrong with her cells and a metabolic disorder is much worse. And I'm like, metabolic, metabolic, and it's metabolized. So her food, she doesn't metabolize food properly. Um, so I have a degree so it, in business. Is it her brain or is it her cells? No, it's her cells. So she got the worst done. Yeah, they were, they were hoping it was the brain, but mm. no. So she's, she's infantile. Um, but what that 
the journey that that sent me on, I had a degree in business and food management. So mm. I already had a little bit of nutrition. Yeah. And when I heard food and energy, I'm like, well, wait, I, I could do something with this. And this gets to a point <laughs> in that reframing stage. One of the, one of the ways that caregivers can reframe and re-energize from this is find something that you get to control. Because often, as the caregiver, you don't get any control. Doctors right. control things. Therapists control right. things. You know, the person you're caring for is controlling. But if you can gain that little piece of something to control, it helps you not snap. Um, mm -hmm. So the piece that I chose was her food. I asked the doctors, I said, well, what, what do you recommend? They said, well, go see the dietitians, and they'll put a feeding tube in her, and, you know, you just give her that. I'm like, I want to try some other things first. Yeah. So that sent me on, I'm going to control this. And it sent me on a journey where I got more education and I got certified in plant-based nutrition. And the child still eats, but I call her a child, even though she's 19. She's still my baby. Um, she still eats by spoon four times a day. And oh, she's cool. never been hospitalized. She's never been sick. And the doctors always say, hey, you took that, that that's on you. You, you kept her healthy. So I got to, con I got to control yeah, that's that. That's why she's 19. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So listen, we're going to, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back on the Caregiver Day show <laughs> with our wonderful guest, Kathy Perry, <laughs> and uh, my wonderful co-host, Adrian Gruberg. And let's see, who am I? I am Dave, the caregiver's caregiver. <sighs> Do you have a lot of senior moments, or I call them Biden moments, when when you're in a burnout stage and stresses, uh, right? Sometimes, sometimes you know, when you can't even speak or think or remember, maybe it's time to just go lay down. Yeah. Absolutely. Good yeah. advice for caregivers. There you go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they, they actually, I just read a study very similar to what you're describing. When you do get so overwhelmed, um, I, you know, when I work with leaders, caregivers, professionals, and they're so stressed, it's a real thing. You don't have to, your brain doesn't have to work in the same way when you're stressed, because when you're stressed, you're just trying to run from the bear. 
And you don't need <laughs> a lot of logic going on. You just need the skill set that will get you away from the bear. So you, yes, your your ability to process actually shuts down when you're stressed. And um, light or right, fight. Yes, and right now there's a thing called COVID brain, because in people, you know, we've all felt fuzzy. We can't make decisions. It's like, well, I don't. What's next? And that's because our brains are in this stressed out state, and they're looking for similar experiences. Well, when when we did it before, how did we do it? And we haven't done this right. before. And that same exact thing can be happening to a caregiver when they get the news. It's like, well, you're trying to search in your brain, like, well, when I did this before, how did I do it? That's how your brain works. And your brain's like, no, never did this one before. So mm. we got to make some new neuro connections before it all works. And I'm under a lot of stress because I have to hop on a plane to Mexico in 24 hours with my wife. <laughs> oh, and wow. this time we're both taking two wheelchairs, two power chairs, and crutches that fold for me because my cast that was supposed to come off last week because oh, of my broken no. ankle, they says not enough bone has grown around all of the the screws and stuff, and so yeah. we want you to wear that another 30 days. Eat lots of vitamin D and protein and calcium and magnesium and and all this stuff. And I'm, I just all my visions of swimming in the ocean and swimming in the pool have just gone down the drain. But we've never really traveled with two wheelchairs before. One <laughs> <laughs> so is interesting, but. Um, It'll be fun. So we've we've gotten down to two small suitcases, which you know I'll tape them together and I'll put them in front of my chair, and that way I can push them. And I'll I, I've bought some special crutches that are foldable. They'll go in my backpack. So I'm I've got it all under control. You do. But, but um, still, uh, trying to leave 24 hours before is always stressful because you always got way too many things to do. And so uh, I'm I could be exhibiting symptoms of burnout not even know it but there are ways to resolve that you just gave us a whole bunch <laughs> so back to caregivers which i am one uh how do caregivers begin to reframe their disruptions well, reframe i like the, that reframe yeah. your disruptions reframe right? it yeah it's you can talk about it being you know in the negative so the first the first step is always the language um and i like to tell a story about my kids going to camp um, I loved summer with my kids, but oh my gosh, I love sleepaway <laughs> camp too. <laughs> Off they go to sleepaway camp and it was my number three and he didn't get to go to sleepaway camp as early as his older brother and sister. Mm -hmm. But finally when he went and he came back and I was asking him all kinds of questions because behaviors happen at sleepaway camp that you right. want them to keep doing, right, when they get yes. back. So I'm like, well, what did you do in the morning? And it's like, oh, we swam and we, we sang at breakfast. We had devotions. And then we had first activity period. And I canoed. And I'm like, he wasn't giving me the answer I wanted, right? <laughs> so I said, uh, but Graham, didn't you have to clean the cabin in the morning? They wanted him to come back and clean it. He goes, oh, no, Mom, at camp, you don't have to clean the cabin. You get to clean the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> So wow, the they must have read your book. <laughs> yeah, the counselors did that ninja mind trick, you know, that we need to do as caregivers. We and everyone needs to do it when we're reframing any disruption. We need to look for those 
ways that we can just switch our language because the way we present it is the way it also comes back to us. So, you know, I have a friend, his name is Henry, and he always does that. No matter what, no matter what he's talking about, uh, so he says, oh, you're going to be an usher uh, this week? He says, no, I get to be an usher this week, you know. He's, he always <laughs> gets me, you know, and, and, and I always remember saying, you know, that's cool. I want to do that. I want to say that. You know, I get to be a caregiver. I get to help Charlene out and all of this stuff because we're always – humans just have a propensity to want to complain about everything. Like you just heard me complain that I don't get to go swimming when I go to Acapulco because I still have my cast on. Oh, poor woe is me. You know what I mean? My gosh. Give me a break. Yes. You, you get you get to go to I get to go. Yeah. Cast yeah. and all. Yeah. How yeah, many yeah. people would love to be in my position? Right. So, so when we just uh, and I've encouraged like organizations when they've had, you know, teams who are just like I have to get on another Zoom. I have to do that, <laughs> you know. It you know, just be thinking about yes, you're you're burning out. But that's because you got used. You got to use all of you that day. I know, and, I know. You know, there's just so I, I have a couple tools, if, if just some language ways that you can change. But Yeah, because I, I, I get to have a five-hour layover in Mexican City. Think of all the things that I can do in five hours with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. <laughs> and, I, and I get to do the dishes tonight. <laughs> oh, you are that's so That's something close. I just I get to do the dishes. Okay. Poor Eddie have, gets to miss out on doing the dishes. But he does the cooking. Yeah. Okay. You get to do the <laughs> but, he, but even reframing that whole dinner scenario, not even that language, just saying we get to have a meal together. Yes. You know, just like at the end of a long day. It's enjoyable. Yeah. You know, Dr. Yeah, Laura, yeah. I don't know if you remember Dr. Laura Schlesinger. I haven't heard her on the air anymore. I don't wonder if she's still alive. She's young enough. She should be. But um, <laughs> I remember this. I heard it in my 20s, and I, I remember it constantly because she says a caller called in and says, you know what, I used to complain about my husband. He used to clip his nails, and they were all over the bathroom floor, and I would, it would just it's my pet peeve. It would just drive me crazy. I mean, I wanted to divorce him because of it. Well, he passed away uh, about six months ago, and every time I look at the bathroom floor, I says I would give anything to see those nail clippings all over the floor. I tell my wife that all the time. <laughs> but it's true. It is true. So God bless you. You're sharing a great message. Um, yeah. Well, go ahead. I was going to say the next phase, you asked about reframing. And oh, yes. the other big one that I like to, couple, two more, just briefly, um, is facing the fear. This yes. reframing stage is the time to face the fear um, the so enemy. that you don't snap. Yes. Yes, and um, I tell a story about when uh, I realized what my fear was. Sometimes we don't, we feel an overwhelming, you know, fear, but we haven't drilled down. Right. And when my daughter was about two years old, I just, I just lost it. I was just crying. I'm like, what is this? I've, I've dealt with the fact that, you know, we might lose her. I've dealt with the fact of, of her schedule. Why was I so upset? And I realized it was because. Every time I went out or every time I encountered someone, they gave me sad eyes. And sad <laughs> eyes are important. Pu puppy sad dog eyes, eyes, you mean? Sad eyes are important. It shows empathy. It shows that we're trying to be in the moment for someone. But when you get sad eyes every day, 
and you're an upbeat person, I thought, oh, is this what is happening to my life? I'm now mm. just the sad mom. I'm the mom with the special child, and it's sad. So mm. then once I realized where my fear was, it wasn't, you know, I dealt with her and her diagnosis and her treatments. I couldn't be sad. So I, I then had to go out and change the language for everyone else I dealt with. I said, nope, we're great. This is, we, you know, merit joy. We're going to learn from this, you know, be happy. And, yep. and then the sad eyes started going away. But I had to tell people that I was afraid of being sad. So stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah, make I, me sad. I deal with that topic in my latest book that's still being edited. Um, two examples. One is the boy who's paid to shovel manure in the barn. And the guy was looking at this little kid, and he's just out there just going crazy, just doing it with in, invigoration and, and vigor and, and enthusiasm. And he says, why are you putting so much into this job of piling manure? He says, well, with all this horse crap around here, there's just got to be a pony under here somewhere. <laughs> and the other one was, uh, I remember Fred Astaire, I think it was him, he was uh, uh, dancing with a broom because he had to sweep up the yes. place. And he just says, oh, you know, and he just had fun sweeping, pretending he's dancing with Ginger Rogers, I guess. So, yeah, let's reframe it. Yeah. And then a, a third thing in that reframing stage that's really important, but people have a hard time with because not everyone's brain works that way, <laughs> and that is getting creative. So this disruption in your life has now changed things, but how are you going to get more creative around it because mm. things aren't ever going to be the same? So I like to tell people just, I have an artist friend and she always is doing these prompts like 100 days of, you know, painting with red, you know? So there's like weird yeah. little prompts yeah. that she does to get her creative juices flowing. And I was like, we have to do some of that creative prompting with our lives when we're disrupted. Like, what would I do if this was easy? What would I do if I um, found a different direction that, or I could find different people? We just have to keep asking ourselves what if, so we get real creative in that process. You've got, sounds like you're getting real creative with your travel. Yeah. <laughs> you probably had to ask yourself a bunch of questions, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So why is it important for caregivers to be in communication with other caregivers, right? We talk about, um, I was just talking about this the other day, that people should not be alone. Humans, I was on my uh, five minutes of Dave's hammock wisdom, that humans need other humans, that we need contact, we need to be touched, we need to be spoken to. And this pandemic has just isolated all of us, you know? We're just uh, afraid to go outside, we're afraid to do anything. I should be afraid to go to Mexico, but I'm by golly, I'm going, you know, and I'm taking my wife with me. You and just so be careful, please. We will be careful. My friend lives over there. He has a very uh, safe place that's in like the Beverly Hills of Acapulco. And uh, he's been fine. He's been there since February when he left his Manhattan apartment because, believe it or not, Acapulco is safer than uh, Manhattan, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, no, just wipe your seats down and wipe, you know. You got Make it. sure you wear that mask all the time. Please. Sure. <laughs> um, let's talk about your daughter. Um, what is it? You explained what she has, but um, 
tell us what challenges that particular disability, um, you know, brings to you. Uh, what are the bad days? What are the good days? Because there's got to be good days, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the mitochondrial scale is huge. You could have a mitochondrial dysfunction and really maybe you just get worn out after you exercise. You don't have quite as much energy. And when You're she was... for the patient, right? Correct, correct. When she was first diagnosed, um, testing was barely available. We, I live in How Pittsburgh. Old? Pardon? How old? Well, she was diagnosed at about a year old. Um, but she had to have a live muscle biopsy taken, and there were only mm. two labs in the entire country that would do this. So we had to fly mm. wow. to Atlanta to have the live muscle biopsy. It took three months for them to run the tests. Like cells had to be spun out and all this. 19 years later, they can diagnose it with a blood draw. So that's <laughs> yeah, been, that's... yeah, that's been a bit of, to me, that was a challenge of taking so long in the diagnosis. Um, and then, of course, it was so unknown. It, it, mitochondrial dysfunctions have just really been, in the last 20 years, have changed immensely because often they would just be lumped into uh, something unexplained or, uh, you know, they weren't quite as specific because they just didn't know. And they've come so right. far in 20 years. So early on, it was that difficulty of not knowing. And of course, being given that two year uh, time frame, that was frustrating. So um, I don't like to dwell on the bad days, but the bad days would be days <laughs> filled with seizures. She does have mm. quite a bit of seizures. And once seizures. in a while, and yeah, she's had um, she has pulmonary issues. So Sometimes a bad day would be difficulty breathing. Um, mm. But it, it, two years ago, the, the pulmonologist said, call mm. palliative care. It's pretty critical. And again, I went down a spiral a little bit when mm -hmm. you hear that. And I'm like, and she's fine. <laughs> she's a wow. good day is she's alert. She looks at a TV, the iPad. She has music therapy. She, she you know, <laughs> gets a little smile on her face. She's not. But it is eating. like having a one or two year old at home. Yes. Or no. It's like having a six month old. Yeah. Six not even, we, six we can't old. even. Yeah. We can't even go to one. She's not cognitively uh, there. She can't. She doesn't physically grab. as well, like diapers. Uh, yeah, yeah, big baby. If, if you can see my feed arms, like muscles. What? Yeah, can't feed herself. No, no. Yeah, very similar to uh, one of my uh, substitute co-hosts who did the show when Adrian couldn't make it, Linda Bice. She had a husband, and he had a heart attack, and something happened, and he reverted to an infant who mm. was, you know, uh, diapers and uh, needed a drink from a bottle and just all this yeah. stuff. So it's yeah. just. It's amazing. I know how your husband handled this, not too well, but how did the other children handle this? You know what? They were resilient. They <laughs> really, um, they rose to the occasion. I'm going to tell a story on my now. He's 24 years old. Um, well, first, tell me uh, what the ages were when, when this all started. Oh, uh, when she was born. Uh, <clears throat> seven, four and a half, and two and a half That's were my tough. other children. Um, you had your hands full. Yes. And at that time, we just always said she's one of God's special babies. She's one of God's special babies because that was about all they could take in, especially the yeah. younger two. Um, 
And then as she got older, you know, they just started to adapt and they learned to help with some of the caregiving. And um, it was when that number two child, who's now 24, um, we were on a trip. We were on a family trip in Florida and he probably was about 10. He was 10, I remember. And we're on the beach and he, he's always been a little pensive and he's a little introvert. And I said, JP, I go, can you just tell me what goes on in that 10 year old brain when you think about merit? Cause I just, I really didn't know. And we had her on the beach with us and she was, and he goes, um, sometimes I get a little sad. He said, sometimes I'm sad that she's not normal. He said, but I know that you don't want us to be sad. And he goes, so I get that too. And he goes, I'm happy. He's like, I'm happy that we have her who she is. So I thought, well, that was a good way for him to be able to express himself, you know. Yeah. And you and you were being creative. I'm surprised uh, that your child kept you from, or didn't keep you from going and doing fun things like uh, a beach trip and stuff like that. Oh yeah, no, she's. And I'm sure you had many of those. (laughs) Yes, she's. Pack them in the backpack and uh, Mm -hmm. off we go. Yeah. A couple years ago, I stopped traveling on a plane with her few years ago because she just can't sit in the seat correctly mm. and there's no adaptive equipment that really works but oh yeah she's mm. gone everywhere <laughs> well listen we're going to take another break we will be right back don't go away our featured speaker is a best-selling author who has written numerous books and articles he's a speaker life coach and host of dave the caregivers caregiver radio program He frequently appears on television and radio shows all across the country and has even shared the stage with Suzanne Somers at Harvard. But his most important role is caregiver to his beautiful wife, Charlene, for over 22 years. Please welcome Mr. Dave Nassani! I want to share with you a love story. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I will be celebrating 44 years of being together. My wife, Charlene, and I had a fairy tale storybook romance, courtship and marriage for the first 21 years of our lives together. One day out of nowhere, my wife has a headache, the headache of her life. She suffered a massive stroke and it left her severely speech impaired and paralyzed on the right side. And in that moment, our world turned upside down. I gotta tell you, the next two years was like a living hell. I just just didn't know what to do. I felt guilty most of the time. I became a caregiver. I didn't even know what a caregiver was. I was experiencing the same problems that other caregivers experienced. If you don't take care of you, I can't take care of her. That's why I wrote the book. Now I can teach other caregivers. I'm living proof that you can thrive as a caregiver. My wife and I travel now all over the world sharing our story. One day life is gonna call upon you to be the captain of your boat. Heck, you might be saving your own life. Thank you. And we're back on the Caregiver Day show with Kathy Perry and Adrian Gruberg, my co-host. I'm Dave Nassani. And we're talking about rubber bands <laughs> <laughs> and how not to break them. <laughs> Talk about paraphrase, huh? Yeah. Um, so how does having a special needs child teach you how to stay energized? Well, because her disease was the disease of no energy, I kind of started alluded to this, I went out, I got more information, you know, how do cells actually process energy? I had no clue. 
Um, so it, it led me, as I like to say, when you are disrupted, and you kind of touched on this about being around other caregivers or gaining more information, it's so important to stay educated, to just keep yep. taking in knowledge, whether it be from smart people. I like to say, find smart people. People are willing <laughs> to share. People who've been on your journey, people know things that you don't, find them. Reach out. I, I think genuinely people are, are kind and will share. Um, so that led me on just a lot of conversations with people about nutrition. I talked to people all over the country who were, and this is, this is going back 20 years. Now we're kind of all into, you know, <laughs> our health and how we eat. And, you know, back then no one had heard of quinoa yeah. or, you know, <laughs> it was just, it wasn't that well known how to feed the cells. So I got certified in plant-based nutrition and, and put her on a diet that has kept her energized and healthy. And, and that led me to, you know, help my family and then help others. So I had um, kind of a, I did about eight years of corporate wellness and that kind of thing. So it really helped energizing people at that basic level. Yeah. You know, after hearing your story, you would expect someone like you to look like hell. Pardon the expression. <laughs> but uh, And we've had people on the show who you can just tell they've, they've been through a tough they've life. Been and they have it. been. Yeah. And you meet people on the street that are maybe your age and they look 20 years older, you know. Um, for whatever their lifestyle or the stress or whatever uh, reason, or maybe they just gave up and they just, you know, let themselves go or whatever. You look amazing. And so whatever you're doing, you're keep it up because yeah. you are the healthy <laughs> caregiver that we talk about that are probably 10% yep. of caregivers. Uh, I like to think I'm one and Adrian certainly is one. Uh, she's in her seventies and she looks amazing as well. <laughs> has a boyfriend, my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> well, <laughs> so here we're all preaching to the choir. I mean, <laughs> preaching to the choir, yeah. What are you say? <laughs> Don't let me put words was, in your mouth. <laughs> she has a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My grandmother died at 97. Her husband died when he was 65. And when she got married to him, he was 30. She was 14. We're from the Middle East. You know, they do things that way. And so that means what? 14. Uh, so 15, whatever it was. Maybe he was 35. 20 year difference. So he's 65. She's. 45, right? Mm -hmm. 20 years. She, people tried to um, court her. They tried to set her up, matchmaker, matchmaker, all that stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have one husband, and for, from 45 to 97, she would not even look at a man. Aww. She would hit you if you insinuated that she should look at a man. So, you're the, you're, you're, maybe she's not the norm. I was going to say you're not the norm. <laughs> but um, visiting a lot of senior centers and stuff, uh, there are a lot of seniors who are very romantically alive. You think you're the oh, yes. high, you know. But I think that didn't used to be that way, right, before we before the sexual revolution of the 60s and the Beatles and all that stuff. They were all very proper. Don't blame <laughs> it on the Beatles. <laughs> 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 blame somebody. <laughs> so uh, you know, our show is to burn out uh, care, burned out caregivers, and they always want to know, well, what can I do to uh, not be burned out? You know, uh, what are the mistakes? Uh, when I give my talk, I give three or four mistakes that if, if caregivers just don't make these mistakes, they won't burn out. 
So I'm sure you've got your own formula. Let's hear it. Absolutely. Well, and again, mine starts with what are you feeding your body? What are you putting in your body? Garbage in, garbage out, right? Garbage in, garbage out. And if you are not fueling your body with what it takes to create energy in the body, then you're going to be drained. You're going to be, you know, it will catch up with you. It will and you're, and you're living proof. I mean, you practice what you preach. Yeah. So you want yeah. to look like this woman, just do what she says. <laughs> well, I ha- and it's funny because before I had my daughter, I was already a vegetarian. And going ah. all the way back to the night, this would have been early. Well, you're going to lose some people there, but go I ahead. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm not saying you have to be a vegetarian, but you do have to eat vegetables. You have to start putting right. in nutrients. And if you don't, They're then go important. get yourself a supplement. Put something in because I, I tell a story about um, the emergency room. We all know what happens in an emergency room. Or if you go back to the show MASH, triage happens, right? So the, the very critically ill, you know, accidents, heart attacks, they go through the double doors quickly. But like if you take your child in and he has a cut on his cheek, he's going to wait and wait and wait. Well, the Harvard School of Public Health has a term for that in your body with nutrition, and it's called triage nutrition. And your body, if it's not getting all the nutrients it needs every day, which only 10% of this country gets the nutrients they need every day, your brain plays triage and says, okay, well, I don't have enough vitamin D for the lungs today. So lungs um, be a little bit difficult. You're only getting about 50% of what you need. And um, gallbladder, shoot, you, you I could live without you. You're not getting any vitamin D. So it does. <laughs> Rationing. It, it, it's exactly what happens. These nutrients are rationed to only the most critical organs. And when uh, that happens, that's when we start to break down. That's when disease That's what makes in. someone look old, isn't it? That's what aging. That is aging, yes. So I just, I can't say it strongly enough. It's important. <laughs> it's important what you put in. And then, of course, my other big thing is you got to stress you got to get that stress under control because stress will age you just as quickly. When you are stressed yeah. out, your body doesn't sleep, doesn't digest food well, um, doesn't pump the the nutrients to where they need to go. If you're stressed out, you might not even be absorbing nutrients. So getting yeah. all that under control. And we can't get rid of stress, can we? Um, no. You know, I, I quote a famous statistic, a very common one, 30% of caregivers will die it's a statistic from the stress before their loved one does. And then when that happens, who's going to take care of grandma? Who's going to take care of, you know, the one you're caring for? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the lucky ones. Or maybe they're not the lucky ones because the uh, the others, which are many more than the 30%, they will become hospitalized and eventually require a caregiver themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to keep people out of the morgue and out of the hospital, and I know you do as well. Yeah. So as far as um, uh, reducing stress, because that's the killer. Stress is the killer, they say, right? They say blood pressure um, mm-hmm. is the silent killer, but I think stress also raises people's blood pressure, right? Absolutely. So how can we, can't get rid of it, but how can we, I don't know, mitigate it, reduce it, manage it? What's the word? Well, I like to say plan for it. Um, I actually, Plan for it because it's gonna happen. Plan it's gonna death, happen, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I have Accept a, a it. yeah. Accept it. I have Part a of daily the grief process. Re- I have a planner which I'd love to share. I don't know if you have a yeah. way to attach resources. It's called a daily resilience planner. And if you start your morning every morning 
saying, how stretched am I? And it has on there, how stretched am I? Zero to 10. Mm-hmm. And then you, you list what can I control today? What can't I control today? So helping yourself understand, okay, if you cannot mm. control that, if you have no control over that situation, you have to let some of it go. You're going to have to stop stressing or you're going to have to ask for help. Find somebody that can help you control it. And then doing a check-in at the end of the day. How stretched am I? If you're hitting nines and tens in the morning and in the afternoon, <laughs> that's when it's time to take a serious look. And some of the tools that you can use are some, you know, meditations throughout the day. Just, you know, those apps that remind you to breathe or if it's exercising. But, you know, the first stage of that is awareness. You've got to start being aware of how stressed you are. I mean, for me, the serenity prayer um, mm. is, it's just such a great leveler. Because once you realize that there's nothing you can do about something, uh, there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> you, have, yeah. you have to learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. And makes you realize, yeah, I can do something about that, you know. But yeah, it t- it takes time to accept the fact that it's in your control. So the stress is within your control. Yeah, how you process the, it. The, the stress that we know is coming that day, but yeah. A lot of the stress, we have no clue it's coming. It takes its, it's like a Muhammad Ali left hook, you know, just kind of, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> and is it the same advice for those um, unannounced stress? Well, well, then it gets back to the whole resilience curve. How are you reacting? How, what type of reactions do you have? So I do an exercise like become familiar with the type of reactor you are. Um, and sometimes it takes somebody else to point that out. <laughs> hey, do you know you do this? <laughs> and I have, yeah. I have someone in my life who does that. Do you know that you always do this when this happens? And so just, you know, self-awareness is very important when you're trying yeah. to find out how to manage your stress. So looking at those reactions, yeah. And, you know, I think about the, um, as a boy, I had this blow-up um, clown and he had sand in the bottom. <laughs> the punchy thing. And you would knock him and he'd go one. down. <laughs> really? I'd love to get yes. another one. And, and it would just come right back up. And talk Great. about resilience. This clown is resilient. No matter what you throw at this clown, he always comes back up. And as a boy, see, I, you don't understand a lot of these scientific things about why is this clown coming back up. I don't think I understood why he came up. But I tried yeah. to do things to make him not come up, you know. And it, it wouldn't work. He would always have to sit on his head. (laughs) (laughs) And why do you have one, Adrian? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think? (laughs) I don't know. Did you find it at the garage sale? (laughs) Well, I really would love to have, you know, a heavy bag hanging somewhere in the house. So I've got I've got a punching bag, but that's no fun. You know, it, it doesn't doesn't punch back and it doesn't yeah. go down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kathy, we've come to the end of our time, only three minutes or so left. So in those three minutes, what can you tell us about, you know, your book, how to get it? Uh, if there's something that you wanted to talk about that we didn't really talk about yet, uh, this is your opportunity. Well, if people would like a resilience toolkit. I have, and um, it's a yeah, personal tell me, resilience I'll, assessment. I'll, uh, I'll write it down here on the Facebook live. What is it? 
How do well, you get to on it? my website, you can just go to uh, kathyperry.com. It's Kathy with a K. I'll send them to your website. K Perry with an A. Yep, you can download a resilience toolkit there. Um, P-A-R-R-Y. P-A-R-R-Y, yes. Not like Katy Perry because I don't sing or dance. <laughs> but kathyperry.com, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So, but the the only other thing I'd like to leave your listeners with is I have my we all know the <laughs> I love it rubber band, rubber band ball and I've ball. talked about rubber band stretching and snapping and mm-hmm. holding things together do. but we all know that when we we are together and I love that you've made this caregiving community um, and you've made it accessible to so many people because it is in that together that, you know, this thing will bounce and I'd throw it against the wall, but it'd probably come back and, and hit me. But if, if we're all together in it, it, it really helps. So I, I appreciate your platform and your invitation to join you today and uh, speak with caregivers. Curious, what's in the center of that ball? Is it oh, something? It's just or? more rubber bands. I've actually... More rubber bands. I have so I How have do you start one. the first three rubber bands is my question. So, that's kind of a funny story. I went, I always carry one with me and I went to a speaking engagement and I was in Canada. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot my rubber band ball. <laughs> and I, I was, I had time. So I'm like, I'll go to Office Depot. And they had one close by, no rubber band balls. I couldn't find one. So I'm like, I'm buying rubber bands. I got to see if this thing actually works. And I made one. It only took about, you know, 20 minutes and you just keep going and going and you so how do you start with the first and the second one? Because you just kind of wind them together and kind of make a little bit of a knot and right. keep going. Tie a knot, maybe that would I work. challenge you, do that on your vacation while you're sitting poolside. <laughs> no, five-hour uh, layover. <laughs> your five-hour yes. layover. City. All right, well, thank you again. What a great interview. You're one of the uh, the top 10%, uh, so that's good. Not putting down the other 90% by any means, just saying – you know, there is an order of things, and, and you did an amazing job. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. And thank you, Adrian, for showing up every single week. Uh, well, except for Almost week. every single week. <laughs> Almost every single week. Hope you're feeling I'll be better. On, I'll be on Fire Island next week, but you'll see. Oh, that'll me. make you feel better, too. All right. Great. Well, God bless everybody, and thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. Uh, oh, Adrian, forgot to ask uh, if people want to uh, get a hold of you. It's uh, the caregivers. Adrian at thecaregiverspace.org. Yep, and I'm at caregiverdave.com. Got some free gifts uh, over there. I won't even tell you what they are. You'll just have to go and find out. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise. Like the birds will never sing again Keep breathing Take it in and let it out Keep breathing It's gonna be okay Believe in A power Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.